Good morning. If you came in a few minutes late, uh, Chappie did introduce that uh, Drew, pa- Drew Smith, our, our uh, pastor here, is on vacation with his family. So uh, if you're looking for Drew, I'm sorry for that. But uh, I'm Bart Sauer. I'm an elder in the church here. And Drew had asked me, knowing he had a vacation coming up, if I would uh, care to offer a, a message this morning. And he kind of gave me a, a free uh, uh, reign on what I might speak about. But with it being the 4th of July, I thought... Uh, let's let's try to weave in a theme here um, in regard to the day that we're celebrating. So, uh, happy Fourth of July to you all! And uh, for those in the church who are, are veterans and have contributed some of the freedoms that we enjoy here, could you perhaps just raise your hand? Do we have any veterans in here today? All right, thank you. Today I'd like to take a look at, um, take a phrase from the times leading up to the Revolutionary War and uh, offer some comparisons and contrasts uh, with where we are as members of the Church of Jesus Christ. No taxation without representation. This was a premise for the Revolution, the American Revolution. The King of England was looking to tax the colonists in large part to pay for war debts associated with the French and Indian War. I thank my uh, daughters who are taking American history right here. And uh, they helped me with some of this stuff, but hopefully I got it all right. There was a Stamp Act, there was a Sugar Act, Kara, and then there was the Townshend Act, which was on all imported goods, including tea. I'd like to explore three concepts of this phrase with you. One is ownership. And with the idea of ownership, the colonists, they had worked hard for this, these, this income, this money. And they felt it was theirs. Representation. The colonists did not feel that they were adequately represented in England. They kind of felt like perhaps they were second rate to the citizens of England, those who lived on the mainland. And then on taxes. The colonists likely understood that there was some need for taxation for national defense, administration, and the like, but they felt that it was becoming extreme on them. How do we look at our situation, our opportunity, our privileges? as children of God, the king of the universe. Starting in the first scripture of of the Bible, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Then in Psalms, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the Word, Jesus, was God. All things were made through him, through Christ. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Our discussion today really begins with the creation of and the ownership of the earth and us by God. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. 
from the Psalms. Where does this leave us? If God made it, the earth, and all those who dwell within, we are stewards of what belongs to him, managers of his possessions. Stewards are people with responsibilities to manage. We are stewards with responsibility to manage what belongs to God. I think sometimes we look at it as rights. We have rights. But in this case, it's really we have responsibility. Isn't this a different way of looking at things? The money in our wallets, our clothes, our bodies, our children, the skills we possess, our time. Perhaps I shouldn't say our May we pray. Lord, we uh, humbly come before you. And we want to be open to your word and to your spirit and to be drawn closer to you, to understand you and your ways and the way that we should live further. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. Amen. Further comparing to the colonists, let's look at Christ as our representative. In the book of Timothy, it says, For there is one God, there is also one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus himself human. Also in the first book of John, chapter 2, verse 16, states, We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. A slight tangent for you. I have done this before in our Sunday school class, but a lot of people have may have trouble with this triune God, Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Let me share with you a engineering or a chemistry analysis. Um, think of God as water. There's solid water, ice. There's liquid water, water. And then there's steam. There's gaseous water. It's all too molecules of hydrogen, one molecule of oxygen, but it's all water. Think of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit like water. They're all connected. They're all the same thing, but they all have their different functions. They're all their different roles. I won't charge you for that one. (laughs) Who was that? And Lance, you're supposed to ask me a question during the sermon, so get ready. Uh, Christ, our mediator. What? Here's what God said about Jesus. This was right after Jesus was baptized by the, John the Baptist. He said, You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. What did Jesus say about himself? He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him, in in Jesus, should not perish but have 
everlasting life. Jesus went on to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus has authority. He is qualified. He is worthy. It sounds like a pretty good representative to have. Uh, The next point I'd like to make, uh, Chappie kind of put me on this track when we were going over things Wednesday, and I do want to acknowledge Chappie. It's really a pleasure for me to serve with you today. But Chappie shared with the idea of we didn't pick Jesus, really. The scriptures say in Peter's epistle, it says, we are chosen by God and precious. A chosen generation, a royal priesthood. And sometimes we're not happy about it. But we're chosen, his own special people. We didn't vote for Jesus as our representative, our advocate. But by his grace, God chose us. Our decision is, do we accept him and his word? The gift is presented to us. Do we accept it? It's an exclusive situation, you'll note, that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And this flies in the face of our culture today, which would present multiple paths to God. Jesus presents one way through him that he is the way, the truth, and the life. We're to honor all, be tolerant of all, and to love all, but the way is Christ. To many outside the church, sometimes in the church, they would look at the giving of an offering as a tax for the Christian or the Jew. Remember, the tithing began uh, and was spoken about back as far as Genesis. It spoke about Moses giving a tithe to the high priest, Melchizedek. A tithe is literally a tenth. The Old Testament scriptures also talk about how on some years they would give two tithes or even three. And offerings, I would explain, are those gifts above a tithe. From the Old Testament book of Leviticus, it states in chapter 27, all tithes, all the tithes from the land, whether the seed from the ground or the fruit from the tree, are the Lord's. They are holy to the Lord. Also in the Old Testament book of Nehemiah, the tithe was described as coming from the first fruit, the best, before even the whole crop was harvested or received. Can you imagine that? You're giving your first tenth, not knowing for sure that the other 90 is coming. The tithe is an act of worship, 
of appreciation and of acknowledgement that it belongs to God. Okay, that was the Old Testament. What's the New Testament say? Well, one of the verses that deals with this was when Jesus was talking to some of the Jewish people. He said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint, dill, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. It is these you ought to have practiced without, without neglecting the others. He's validating the tithe, but also discussing the need for justice, mercy, and faith. Also in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, Jesus was asked, it was recorded, he was asked, tell us what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? And Jesus responded, therefore, render unto Caesar those things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Back to the the idea of ownership and stewardship. All, including the tithe, belongs to God. I was discussing the sermon last week with fellow elder Tom Dreyer, and he brought to my attention something we pray in the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Are we trusting God? Are we trusting God? Or are we trusting our money for security, our peace, our well-being? In the Good Sense Ministry, they discuss an idea that money is a chief rival God. And Jesus spoke and taught that you cannot serve God and mammon, also referred, also another word for, God, for money. For you will love the one and hate the other. Kind of strong words. Noted financial teacher Larry Burkett used to say, do you trust God or do you just say that you trust God? Let's pray. Lord, we, uh, we do want to make you our God, the one whom we trust, the one whom we obey, the one whom we honor. For you are worthy. Christ is our representative, our advocate, and we thank you for that. And may we trust you and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. And as we ponder that and prepare for this morning's offering, let each of us remember the scripture. As we have freely received, so should we freely give. Amen. I suppose I ought to contribute something. 
After all, the church has to pay its bills too. And these are comfortable seats, I must say. Comfortable seats, comfortable atmosphere. In fact, the whole place just says comfortable. And the congregation looks like they're doing quite well. This place must be rolling in the dough. What good is my measly couple of bucks going to do? Besides, how can I really know where my contribution's going? You can't be too careful these days. If I just keep my money, then I'll know exactly what it's being used for. I'm sure you'll understand, God, if I take a pass this morning. Ah, yes, the offering. What a wonderful time in the service. There's something about being able to participate in what's going on here, to be part of funding this great work of God. A very, very large part. Sometimes I amaze myself, and I just know I could be such an example to others. Of course, how can I be an example if they don't know what I'm doing? I certainly wouldn't want to tell anyone what I give. That would be too obvious. Of course, if I don't fold my check, then the people next to me could see it. Maybe I could subtly prop it up against the rim. Then the whole row would be able to see it. Oh, but it might fall out. Hey, that would be perfect. Because then the people in the row in front who pick it up could see it too. And they'd have to pass it around to have it catch up to the plate. And then many more people would see it. And be inspired. And then, if they didn't get it to the plate in time, the person on the end would have to stand up and call out to the usher, Oh, sir, sir, there's a very large check from a Mr. William Tyler, 7432 Whitfield Lane, that I am sure the church couldn't do without this week. And then the pastor would see what's going on and ask me to come up front. And then he'd probably make me honorary chairman of the board of directors right there. What a joy to be a humble tool in God's hands. Oh no, the offering plate. I just hate this part of the service. Feed me! I bet everybody's watching me. I bet the people behind me are looking over my shoulder to see how much I'm putting in. Stop staring at me! Oh, I'm in the last row. Why am I so paranoid? What's the big deal about giving to the Lord? I know I should give more. I'm trying, Lord. What do you expect of me? Look at me. I am riddled with guilt. Just because I didn't give anything that week, I was on vacation two years ago. All right, Lord. I'll double the amount I give this week. No, 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 I'll triple it. Now will you please get off my back? It's 
It's not good enough. Okay, God, I, I give up. You caught me red-handed yesterday. I didn't separate my trash. I didn't recycle. Oh, here, just take my whole wallet. There's 50 bucks in cash and my credit cards. There's still a couple hundred bucks on them. It's not good enough. I have to let it all out. Oh, here, take my earrings. This is for lying to my mother when I was 13. And here's my rings. Well, these ought to cover the night of the senior prom. And my shoes? Yes. I did go 10 miles over the speed limit all the way over here, and, and I promised to walk home barefoot on the gravel just to prove how sorry I am. Oh, God, is that enough? Oh, I just hate this part of the service. Well, here it is chance to say thanks. You know, Lord, this has been a good week. I mean, every day I've had enough food. Every night I've gone to, to bed in a warm house. And every morning I've had a hot shower. Well, except for Thursday when the kids got up early. But all in all, I've had a lot of good things come my way this week. And I'm glad that I have a chance to show you that while I know I matter to you, you matter to me too. To think two years ago, I would have been in the office on Sunday morning, slaving away, building my business, missing my family. But today, today I'm here. And now, in a tangible way, I get to show you, at least in part, how much I appreciate your presence in my life. This is for you, Lord. I left my wallet in my car. Mm-hmm. Sure you did. Barry, thanks. Appreciate what you and Sam do with the uh, slides and the videos. Thank you very much. Um, as Chappie said, that was just the first half of my sermon before, and so I'll now finish up. But just a few comments, really. Um, I want to share one more scripture with you, and it's from the uh, book of Malachi. <clears throat> and it's really a conversation that Jesus, or that God uh, describes occurring. He's, and God says, Return to me. And I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me? But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And after the first service... Uh, a woman had come up to me and said, "There's, you know, reminded me of the verse after that. It says, 
and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. I believe there are a good number of people in this church who do tithe already, and many who tithe and give offerings, those gifts above a tithe as well. But for all of us, consider this challenge from God, the creator of the world. I haven't talked to you guys at all late. I'm sorry. Uh, Consider this challenge from God, the creator of the world, the owner of all, when he says, try me now in this. It's perhaps the only double dog dare in the Bible. Consider increasing your giving. If you're not giving at all, maybe give up to 1%. If you're already at 4%, why not try 6 or 7? If you're at 10, why don't you try to go to 12? You can't outgive God, though. Try it for four, how about six months, through the rest of the year, and see how God might. bless you in so many ways. It's his challenge to us. Now, I don't present a prosperity gospel to you. I don't think that's right. I don't think you should tell people if you give, then God will just unload all this money back on you. I don't think that's right. But I do believe and have experienced his blessings personally. Uh, for my family, for Penny and I, we, we experienced that blessing firsthand. When we were first married and trying to, uh, I'm almost done. Um, we were first married and trying to have our first child. Uh, we made a step to increase our giving. And shortly after that, then... Uh, Penny became pregnant with Rachel. Rachel and Colleen and Kara are greater blessings than I could have ever received through money. God can and will provide blessings to those who honor and obey and trust him. If you believe God's word, then here is the challenge in front of you. Just go back to the phrase that I mentioned before. Do you trust God or do you just say that you trust God? May we pray. Lord, we do pray. that your word would live and grow within us, that we would honor you, that we would respect you, that we would acknowledge you for who you are and what you've done for us. And we take steps to show that, to trust you, and to live that out with what you entrusted to us. In Jesus' name, amen.